0: Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, Ford cuts EV prices. Germany rejects Tesla's plans and LG to rescue the Cybertruck. Well, we'll find out. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Dacia are saying about their new spring EV being the cheapest electric car on sale in Europe. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. It's Wednesday, 21st of February. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. We go live at 5pm UK, Midday Eastern. Patreon supporters should get the episodes first, though, way in advance, and ad-free. More importantly, if you don't like the ads, then you can sign up on Patreon to get your exclusive feed. Well, Ford has reduced the prices of its Mustang Mach-E electric car by up to $8,100 following a significant sales decline in January. The price adjustments affects the 2023 Mustang Mach-E with the base price now 41695 including a destination charge. The most susta- uh, substantial price cut is on the premium grade with the extended range battery pack now starting at 47696 with destination charge included. Well, Ford says the Mustang Mach-E is the second most popular EV SUV in the US for last year, positioning themselves as the second biggest EV brand. The company aims... To balance sales growth and customer value with these price adjustments, they say. Uh, the price reductions are specific to the 2023 model year and will not apply to the upcoming 2024 Mustang Mach E variants. That does include the new Rally version and the updated GT variant, performance version 2. Ford's overall sales was down 11%, EV sales down 11% in January. Uh, the Mach E's federal EV tax credit eligibility ended at the start of the month impacted sales in the US. The company also reduced Mackie prices in Canada, indicating a broader strategy to revive their sales across North America. Besides the Mackie, e Ford also adjusted pricing strategies for the F-150 Lightning electric pickup, offering a retail cash bonus of up to $12,500 across different trims and a leasing incentive of $7,500. Ford had previously increased prices of the Mackie e back in 2022, but rolled those back, and the ongoing price adjustments uh, to match the market conditions. Now, let's talk about Tesla. And the majority of Grünheide's population, located outside of Berlin, have voted against Tesla's expansion plans, which included building new infrastructure to enhance the access to the site and vehicle transport. Plans involved expanding the factory by 170 hectares, which meant the removal of approximately 100 hectares of pine forest a proposed childcare facility for the employees, also included in the expansion. There was a 76% voter turnout, which is pretty huge in any kind of public vote. And there was an overwhelming uh, outcry and people voting against Tesla's plans from local residents. Although... It's a referendum result that isn't legally binding. It is meant to guide local authorities and Tesla's own decision-making, indeed the local authorities, so that they will respect the wishes of that vote. Tesla and the mayor of Grünheide also acknowledging the need to reconsider those plans. Well, local concerns include potential drinking water contamination it always has actually that issue's never gone away and the impact on groundwater levels Tesla's gigafactory is the company's first european operation in terms of making vehicles about 12,500 employees there now i believe and of course not their first european um, you know businesses they, they they bought the old family business Groman. Uh, they kind of they make the machines that make the machines if that makes sense years and years ago and and they've had multiple operations uh, over here for many years so you know not not new to running european businesses but um certainly in germany uh, having some headwinds there well the ev Revolution is transforming how the industry works, from internal combustion engines to EVs. It's affecting the supply chain. According to a new Deloitte supplier study, revenue from combustion components will drop by 44% between now and 2027, while anything to do with electric drivetrains and batteries will increase 245%. EV powertrains, uh, with less than, in some cases, 20 parts, Uh, contrast sharply with combustion, which can have 2,000 bits all whirring around in oily goodness and only takes a couple of those to collide when they shouldn't do, and that's in a very expensive mechanics bill. Uh, The shift reduces the complexity and number of components in automotive manufacturing. Things like Tesla's gigacasting, uh, the large integral parts, uh, exemplifies the move towards efficient manufacturing processes, which kind of embodies the, the move around electrification, funnily enough. The rapid move to EV. Poses challenges for these auto parts suppliers, even the big ones like Bosch and Denso and Magna and ZF, because of the significant capital and resources required for the transition. That's just a reminder that what we're going through is not easy for anyone. We always focus on the car companies, don't we? But we don't often talk about the really the sort of the heroes behind the scenes, the ones that don't have their logo on the front of the cars, but you wouldn't have those vehicles if it wasn't for those. And We'll talk about California next, actually, where there's a $1.9 billion boost for the EV tech transition. California challenging, almost channeling, easy for me to say, almost $1.9 billion into EV technology from new charging stations uh, to research as well. And that does include some money for hydrogen fuel cells. The investment aims to support the infrastructure to support the move to zero emission transports. This tranche of money especially focuses on Low incomes and disadvantaged communities, over 25% of new cars sold in California are now electric. It highlights the state's leading role in the EV market and the need to always be doing more. The state emphasizes that making zero emission refueling accessible to everyone is a key part of their job. And a significant portion of the funds will go to communities that need it. The initiative is partly in response to concerns over competition from Chinese companies offering affordable EVs, aiming to stimulate local demand for electric vehicles as well in the United States. So where are we? Well, California plans to increase the number of chargers to 2.1 million by 2035, anticipating 15 million EVs on the road, uh, passenger EVs, 375,000 electric trucks and buses will be part of that as well. The hydrogen movement continues. They will fund 96 public hydrogen fueling stations up from the current 61. But you know my thoughts on this somewhat throwing good money after bad. There's a place for hydrogen, but it is not in passenger vehicles. Now, let's talk a little bit about how the politics are shaping electric vehicles and why the Biden administration, as we head towards a general election at the end of the year, is finalising an EPA rule to increase EV adoption, facing a balancing act between the union support that they've got, unions now coming out and saying we 100% back the Biden vote and anti-Trump, at least from the UAW, and... There's also labor interest and climate goals in there as well. Initial reports coming out today suggest that the final ruling may require car makers to electrify a smaller portion of their fleets in the near term than what we had thought. This adjustment could also win favor with union workers in Michigan, a key swing state with over 120,000 car manufacturing jobs. However, softening the EV targets would also anger the climate focused supporters who advocate for a shift towards EVs. The EPA's initial proposed uh, proposal aimed for significant in- increases in EV sales, uh, targeting uh, 36% by 2027 and 60% EVs by 2030. Well, the UAW emphasises worker protection. Obviously, jobs, wages, moving to EVs is inevitable, but they want to have worker safeguards. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation represents the car companies. And they said that the original targets were unachievable, suggesting perhaps a softer 40 to 50% EV sales target in the US by 2030. Well, concerns arise that pushing, you know, too hard, too soon for EVs could have negative political repercussions, which come back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the story, in key electoral battlegrounds. Well, we'll wait and see how that various support shakes out. Uh, I don't know if I see... A lot of people, certainly in the coverage that I follow and my circles of friends as well in the United States, obviously I'm a few thousand miles detached from it see electrification as something that is overly political obviously i've seen those trump speeches where he hates electric cars uh talks nonsense lies about them uh lies about renewable energy and things like that but that's pretty much part for the course that's sort of the trump base lap that up do they? they that's his greatest hit set they want him to say stuff like that um i think there are bigger issues in the us than than worrying about electrification but it's going to be an interesting year to watch and it's it's a shame that evs get wrapped in up in politics but i kind of understand why it happens as well okay leave us turned on soon we'll talk about dacia spring and 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 mg have a new brand called im motors and i think you'll want to hear about this stick around back in a sec well, if you'd like the podcast ad-free, that's what our Patreon supporters get. You can sign up at patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Let's talk about how LG could come to the rescue of the Tesla Cybertruck. They are targeting LG, that is August, for mass production of their version of the 4680 cylindrical battery cells, moving potentially to a July date, which would meet a request from Tesla. Now, Tesla are having some lower yields in their own production of making the cells themselves. Now, Tesla have said more recently that cell production is not the limiting factor with the Tesla Cybertruck. It's why we're not seeing 100,000 of them being made every year, and it's not because of the cells, they say. However, it is the first passenger vehicle that uses the 4680 cells, which is just a, a form factor, It's just the size of the cell. Uh, there's nothing magical about it, really, uh, but it does... Per cell, give more energy capacity over the 2170s that are otherwise used, and the 18650s. Of course, what goes inside them has changed vastly over the years. Besides Tesla Rivian, Mercedes Benz also showing interest in LG's cylindrical cells, the 46 series, so 46mm by whether it's 80 millimeters or something else as well. They've been conducting trials of their 4680s at their Oshang plant in South Korea. Final production capacity is undecided, as far as I can tell. Uh, but those cells, either 46950s or 46120s, could well be making their way to the likes of Rivian and Mercedes-Benz. Benz, but LG leads amongst the South Korean battery makers in finalizing the production schedule for these 4680s and securing an early advantage in market share by selling to Tesla to kind of get them out of a hole although like I say they say that their own 4680 production is not what's holding back the Cybertruck um, certainly could come to the rescue somewhat of Tesla who I think haven't got The quality they want yet on a consistent basis. I think what ends up in the vehicles is is it's not going to break down in a year's time. I think what what, the, the quality from what I can tell assurance is there and the cells that are going in are good. A bit like GM's Ultium, really. It's just a case of the yield is very low and there's too much that isn't good enough to go in the cars. What goes in the vehicles I think is fine. They're not then no one's risking substandard stuff going in, but it just needs to be higher and it's just a it's a fabulously difficult problem to solve. Now, uh, Dacia Spring is next in the news, set to become the United Kingdom's most cost-efficient uh, electric vehicle after a big redesign with sales beginning soon initially launched in Europe in 2021 it was the Renault what was it KZE from the Chinese market and it was called the Spring and it sold 140,000 of them across Europe because it was well 16,000 euros that's like 14,000 pounds there's a new updated model and it's significantly better. Better interior quality and digital connectivity, and it starts at £17,000. The previous 7 inch infotainment display is now being replaced by a 10.1 inch touchscreen in the extreme version, uh, borrowed from the Dacia. Duster has wireless updates, but there's entry level variants that will make the most of your smartphone for accessing things like Waze and Spotify. And that makes sense, because you've got a great computer in the palm of your hand, and why have one in your car if every time you get in your car, you're just going to plug it in and use CarPlay anyway? New safety features include lane keep, advanced emergency braking, driver attention monitoring. Uh, That is actually part of the European safety standards now, so... It's great the cars got it, but all cars have, really. And a, a new button called My Safety, uh, which is being introduced, allows drivers to adjust or even disable some of the ADAS. That's the advanced driver assistance systems, the ADAS systems, as needed. No word yet on when it arrives in driveways here in the UK. Well, IM Motors is next in the news, and they'll unveil a 500-mile saloon called the L6. IM Motors is a new brand from MG. And they plan to debut the L6 at the Geneva Motors Show. Founded in late 2020 through a collaboration between SAIC and Alibaba, IM Motors unveiled the L7. That's an executive saloon back in 2001. The upcoming L6, they say, will have 500 miles of range and do 0 to 60 in less than three seconds. Specifics on the tech is under wraps right now, but it wouldn't be a million miles away from the L7, you would think, the L6, which is 93. Kilowatt-hour battery and 11 kilowatt wireless charging, actually, in China. Um, IM Motors... Has also got a couple of SUVs in China, the LS6 and the LS7, uh, which pretty much compete with Tesla's Model Y, Model X. A recent partnership with Audi will see IM Motors platforms used for Audi EVs in China, offering an alternative to Volkswagen's SSP architecture. Well, the parent company SAIC will establish a European factory here, maybe even in the UK, we don't know, uh, crucial for producing right-hand drive EVs at scale at the right price. Finally, we'll talk about the Fiat 500e. Uh, That's launching in North America with production of the all-electric Fiat 500, now starting as of today at the Mia Fiori assembly plant in Turin. That's in Italy. The initial allocation for dealers in the US quickly sold out within a week, by the way. So if you want one, a bit of a waiting list, but that's okay. It's a great little vehicle, this. It marks the Fiat brand's first battery electric vehicle offering in North America. That's not a compliance car, which the other Fiat 500e was. We think by the end of the first quarter, end of March, those vehicles will arrive. It's pretty light. It's got a 42 kilowatt hour battery. It'll do 150 miles of range. And it's topped some of the sales charts over here in Europe, in some countries, Italy, Germany, Spain, Belgium, Austria. They love it. Uh, MSRP for the Fiat 500e starting at $32,500, excluding destination on that. And that's your podcast for today. Well, thanks to our premium partners, Porsche of the village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo cars of Cincinnati East, national car charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and least plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good until tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.